Wow! <laughs> right. Go check yourself. <laughs> yeah, what was that? I don't think they heard you. Let's say that shit one more time. Go Jeff Yourself is the podcast you're listening to. Thank you very much for doing that. This episode, we are talking about Saga, Volume 10 by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. My name is Jeff, and I am in the process of selling my late uncle's very expensive comic collection. Oh, man. Uh, My name is Dante, and I'm in the process of trying to subtly acquire my girlfriend's biological father's very expensive comic book collection. Wow, we are both in processes that are antithetical to each other. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, my okay. girlfriend's uh, my girlfriend's bio dad is uh he he was a huge uh comic book collector back in the uh back in like the 70s and 80s. So, we we went over to his house to uh, just like catalog some of his stuff. Cause he's like, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of in long boxes uh, all over the place. He's got like Sandman number one signed by Gaiman. He's got, um, he's got, uh, oh God, like the Crow number one signed by J.O. Barr. He's got all of Watchmen, all of Dark Knight Returns. And I was just, sitting- I was gifted all of Watchmen by my previous landlord. Oh, that's awesome. Fucking yeah, love that. and he gave me his old D and D books from when he was a kid. Oh, that's but amazing! He had the stack of records on the table outside my door, and they were moving. So I just thought, oh wow, this would be cool. A lot of Beatles stuff. Mm-hmm. And then after like two weeks, they were gone, and I was like, oh, what happened to those records? He's like, oh, I left them there if you wanted them, but they were there, so I took them to Goodwill. And I was like, do you? Why didn't you tell me? Why? <laughs> These are expensive. Oh Bring yeah. Bring them to Red Scroll and get money if you don't want them. Anyway, I'm mm-hmm. sorry for interrupting you. Goodness gracious! No, that's okay. That's that's basically the um, that's basically the end of the uh, of the story. Is that we are uh, we're cataloging and inventorying all of his uh, all of his stuff because he is old and he is. Um, I mean, like it's not like he's in poor health right now, but he doesn't really take care of himself. So if same dude. So <laughs> so if when he, if when he grows, what up, scout? We want to make sure that we know exactly what he's got, so that we can just like yeah. take the stuff that we want and get rid of the stuff that we don't. Yeah, that's morbid, but you got to do that shit. No, absolutely. You know, that's the that's the last thing that I want to have to deal with when uh, when he kicks the bucket. Well, continuing on your theme, mm-hmm. uh, my uncle in the, not, or, uh, I don't know if it was late 80s, I want to say early 90s, he had a comic shop in Connecticut, A Timeless Journey. This was this was at comic book's height. So like Death of Superman, he had like a full fucking diorama in his window, like a, a, a shrine to Superman and like all this shit. You know, later on in the... He eventually sold it to a guy that worked there and he went into ministry work um, and he still had a lot of comics. So in like 2000, I was like 15 or 16, uh, we were pretty close and me and this other kid in the youth ministry that he worked at, he was like, hey, will you guys help me move some comic books? Because when he sold the store, a lot of stuff that he kept or whatever the guy didn't want to buy um he didn't have, he didn't have anywhere to put it and he didn't want to pay for storage. So a few friends stored a bunch of comics at their places. So we went to collect them all and bring them to one location. Sure. It was like a, a van full of comics, like a lot of comics. Nice. So we were just bullshitting on the way. And I didn't know anything about comics at the time. We're talking about like Ninja Turtles. So he's telling me how Ninja Turtles used to be violent and stuff. And I was like, wow. So that kind of re-sparked my interest in Ninja Turtles, which is like my favorite fucking thing ever now. And, um, and that's kind of all I knew. And he died in 2001. Right. Okay. So when he died, I didn't, I wasn't like, I didn't want anything. I didn't want to be like, Hey, could I have uncle Dave shit? Cause like, you know, um, he's one of eight kids and some of my other aunts and uncles, like I wanted his guitar. Cause he started teaching me how to play guitar, but one of my aunts bought it for him and she had sentimental attachment to, so she took mm-hmm. that. So like, I didn't have anything from him. So then, mm-hmm. you know, 21 years later, my, my uncle texts me. All of his comics have been at my uncle's house. He's got like signs from Image Comics. Oh, goodness um, From gracious. when they first opened. All this other stuff behind me. There's a Silver Surfer that I actually just got mm-hmm. um, from the 30th anniversary. So my uncle had all this stuff. And every time I go over there, I'm like, man, I wonder what's in those boxes. But it's always like Thanksgiving at a big event. I'm like, I can't just go through these. Yeah. My uncle texts me a picture of like these Disney posters. He's like, do you want these for your daughter? And I was like, whatever, I'll stop by. So mm-hmm. I stop by. He shows me some posters. He's like... <clears throat> He's going through some other stuff. And I was like, oh man, the baby's sleeping in the car. I don't have time for this. 
pulls it aside. He has a poster of the Avengers and it's signed by Jack Kirby. And I was like, Oh Jesus what? Christ. I was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Pulls out a, a fucking Batman poster signed by Bob Kane. I was like, what? Jesus are you fucking Christ. kidding? <laughs> We're going through again, pulls out another one. It's a Spider-Man signed by, um, I forgot the artist's name. What? Nobody's super famous. And so, Stan no, Lee. Not, not like and I'm like, what? Yeah. No, it was signed by Stan Lee. And I'm like, what the fuck? All this shit has been sitting in your musty basement for 20 years. Yep. And he's like, he's like, well, when, when Dave died, um, he wanted me to, uh, sell this stuff, put it on eBay, sell it, donate half to this, this, uh, ministry place, um, that helped him out when he was down. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, or 20, don't donate 75% and then I could keep the 25%, you know, mm-hmm. just cause like it costs money to ship that stuff and do all that stuff. Yeah. He's like, I did it for two years. One of your other uncles did it for a year. And he's like, it's just too much shit. Mm-hmm. There's too much stuff happening. It's been sitting here. Both of my kids are adults. They're moved out. They're married. Yeah. He's like, I just want to clear stuff out. He had no idea that I'm as into comics as I am. So I was like, dude, I know a lot about comics, not like the most, but I know a lot more than you probably think. Yeah. And I know a guy that will either buy this or knows another guy that will buy this. Mm -hmm. And he's like, cool. What about these comics? So we go over, there's like five milk crates, right? Okay. And there's just loose comics, not even bagged and boarded. Dante, I'm not even fucking kidding you when I say this. They've been under his staircase that have been up and down a million fucking times over the years. Jesus. I pull out X-Men 12. Like actual, like, like. Actual factual, X-Men, X-Men 12. 12 the first appearance Lee. of the Sentinels. Yes, written by Stanley. And there's two copies. One of them is like the the co- the covers cut, but still. And I'm going through and I'm like, dude, are you what what is happening? There's like issue 12 through fucking like 35. That All this stuff. And I'm like, fucking this ridiculous. is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Mike, this is a lot of money, dude. Like Yeah. <laughs> what what are you doing? So then I go through another box. Daredevil number eight. I'm like, are you Jesus Christ? <laughs> Daredevil number like, eight is when he got crazy. his red suit for the first time. Jesus Christ. Dante, I'm not lying when I say it's very expensive. Yeah. So I couldn't take any of these with me because the car was full. I had the baby. I was like, dude, I'm taking these posters. I'll I'll figure these out. The comics, mm-hmm. we can find buyers for them. And he's like, well, I don't, you know, I, I Google some, I Google them. They look like they're expensive. And I was like, dude, you got to look on eBay for the, for the, the sold ones. Mm-hmm. And then you got to find somebody who actually wants them. I was like, we got to, we'll, we'll work this out. And he was like, dude, if you sell these, mm-hmm. you know, donate half and keep half. And I'm like, okay, yep. cool. That's fine. I'll, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to keep some of the stuff too, but also like, I also don't want to go against my uncle's dying wishes. No, no, <laughs> so, of course not. So I, I went to my connection. I gave him the posters. Some of them have some, you know, damage, some old and stuff. Mm-hmm. I got a decent amount for it. I don't want to say exactly what I got. Yeah. Um, I'll, that's how many hundreds, Dante, I got for the posters. Look, look in the camera, Dante. I'm looking that's how many cam- hundreds. That's how many hundreds you got for your posters. Sorry, just I was, just I was, a few I was, of the posters. I was looking up other comic book stuff because I just couldn't <laughs> fucking believe you. Yeah, so so it's just been a bit. Be- it, it's kind of busy. My uncle's close to retirement, so he's like really busy, mm-hmm. and I'm busy with the baby, and and the the buyer is also busy with stuff. So mm-hmm. we're gonna find a time to all get together and go through the stuff because you know we don't want this guy to lowball us. We know we're not gonna get exactly what they're worth, mm-hmm. but like there he has um he, there's also a box which I don't know anything about. This is original art comic strips like Lil Abner. Oh, really? Like the actual fucking art that they scan into a newspaper, like hand drawn. Like Jesus. it's it's a lot of stuff in there. And I'm like, dude, you've been sitting on thousands and thousands of dollars for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Wild. That is, yeah, that's absolutely in fucking sane. Like I, I wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I did. I did look for turtles and I found none. I was like, if I find a turtles number one, I'm going to fucking ejaculate and shit at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's Which awesome. I don't care about saying that on this episode. Mm-hmm. We're talking about saga volume 10. If you read saga, then you're fine with ejaculate and shit. That's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Dante, you brought this topic up to me. Mm-hmm. You were like saga 10 trade just came out. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, man, I did an episode on Saga and Talk Me Into, mm-hmm. where um, you can go listen to that. It's kind of my history with Saga. But why don't you tell the listener what Saga is? why you like it. We'll just do a brief history of the the comic book title Saga. Sure. Saga started in the grand old year of 2012. This is a title that's been going on for an entire literal decade. Uh, Back when Jeff and I used to have a comic book podcast. Uh, It is... Yeah, now we just have a... (laughs) This. <laughs> now we just have whatever the fuck this is. Uh, but yeah, it is a uh, it is an intergalactic war uh, war comic uh, that follow that it basically is trying to be Star Wars meets Romeo and Juliet with a whole bunch of weird sex stuff just kind of thrown in the middle. Um, there, uh, there are, it's a very horny book, but it's, it's an like extremely horny book. It's done tastefully. But it's super kinky. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I have met Brian K. Vaughn several times, and he seems like as a pretty cool guy. I never want to see what's in this guy's bedroom and or his basement. <laughs> I, I kind of do. <laughs> so you know, I I spent decades making fun of people who jerk off to hentai. I don't like to kink shame, but it's also funny. Mm-hmm. You know, like hentai or cartoons and stuff. But like, I don't know, man. Sometimes you read Saga, and I'm like. You know, you might get a little like you get a little chub, a chub right? in, li- little chub in the dick neck. You know, Fiona <laughs> <laughs> Staples art is great. I think that it's just it's simple, but also realistic and super detailed while also being abstract. No, oh, absolutely. It is uh, it is unlike anything that you will see in most of the mainstream publishers from um, from Marvel or DC or hell, like like even like even most of the other stuff at image like you won't find stuff that is anything really pretty like graphic Fiona, like there's Fiona i mean yeah. there are literally scenes of penetration but it mm-hmm. doesn't look i don't know it's not off-putting or mm-hmm. pornographic which is kind of weird because it's penetration so yeah. I, I, by definition it's pornographic but it's it, it is tasteful it's tasteful hardcore porn yeah and I don't know how she manages <laughs> to straddle that line. I really don't know. Like, dude, she will draw the, like the most grotesque looking, like fat fucking giant with pus coming out of his pores and big balls and a tiny little wiener. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, this is so gross. And then like the sexiest body you've ever seen in the next page. And you're like, Holy shit. How is this even real? And how is it a drawing? She is. Yeah. She is supremely talented. Like this is like, I, I used to think that, um, that why, the last man was uh brian k vaughn's magnum opus like that was going to be his like his signature contribution to comics but like no it is this like he finally found the artist that he works the best with it is and it is fiona staples she is she is a master of her craft he's a master of his and this is this book just continues to be a ride fucking 10 years later I read the first trade of why the last man years ago and that's all I read and I I remember liking it but I don't remember it and then it's kind of been on the back burner and it's kind of been a it was on our like long list of talk me into so I've been putting it off let's do an episode on why the last man sometimes so I can get into it yep I've got all Um, 10 volumes sitting behind me so we're good but yeah I mean like you said Saga is just like this uh, space epic it's a fantasy yeah it's it is a, it's mature Star Wars. It's mature really. Star Wars, and like the underlying theme, it's uh, like it's a meditation on family and a meditation on what it means to be a parent, because that that is what originally inspired oh, oh, Ryan yes. K. Vaughn yes, to is. write this. Yeah. So, so, so that, so that when is the question I mean, that I had for you. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. No, I, no. Ask the question. Yeah, the question that I had for you is that you started reading this book ten years ago. Uh, when you were in your previous relationship, you have since ended that relationship, started a new one, gotten married, and you are now a father. So yes. what is it like? What is it like reading that book <laughs> 10 years ago versus what is it like reading it now? Reading it 10 years ago was still great. I still saw how amazing it was. You can relate to everything. Even though I wasn't a parent, I have parents. So <laughs> you can, or and you can assume what it's like to have relationships like that. Cause there is a lot of stuff. I mean, Marco's parents are in there too. Like, you know, I read, I read up. So before um, volume 10 just came out, there were 55 issues out, 54 yeah. issues out. Mm-hmm. I read up to like the mid thirties 
and kept buying the issues, but stopped reading it. And I was like, I'll catch up. I'll catch up. Yeah. When I did talk me into, I bought the omnibus. Mm-hmm. I started reading through it again. Cause I was like, man, these first six issues are so good. Mm-hmm. Started reading through it. And I've just been reading a little here and there. You were like, let's do saga. I was like, I got two weeks. I'll finish this. And then I put it off until a few days ago. And I was like, there's a lot more I got to read than I, so I just finished now mm-hmm. the I'm all caught up right now. So yeah. just today I finished that first volume and Dude, there's shit in there. I mean, all throughout. Because, mm-hmm. like, it starts out with Hazel being born. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is, like, so fucking accurate. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen anything else in any other topic. The nail get hit on the head as accurately as this. This is like a, a precision. Something just banged in my house. Um <laughs> Well, you laugh, but I've been broken in three times because this town's fucking shitty. Oh, really? Um, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's another story. I, um, I'm sorry. I thought I thought it was. I thought you were just gonna tell me like it was probably the dog or something. <laughs> no, it's just me right now. Um, but the house is also like crooked, so things just. It, this house fucking sucks. I can't wait to move. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's just so accurate at every single point of of it. My daughter's two. She says a few words. She doesn't say like full sentences. So it's not like mm-hmm. where Hazel is now at 10 years old. You know, she's aged with it. She's she's Harry Potter, but not a transphobe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just like, dude, there are. So like I said on a previous episode that we recorded today, mm-hmm. right now I'm alone because my wife mm-hmm. took my baby to visit family. Mm-hmm. As of today, they've been gone five days. Mm-hmm. And. Two days ago, when they were gone for three days, I read a scene in earlier, not volume 10, where, you know, Marco... And we're not going to review the whole series right now. We're just going to review volume 10, talk Mm -hmm. about it. But, you know, Hazel and Marco are separated for a very long time. Yep. And there comes a point when they reunite, and Marco leans down, and Hazel looks at him, and runs to him, and there's... The only talk bubbles on the screen just say, Daddy, 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 Daddy. And I was... Missing my baby so fucking much, mm-hmm. so much. And I read that because every day when I come home, I mean, not every day because sometimes she's in a mood or whatever, but sure. when I come home and she sees me, she runs to me and I pick her up and throw her up in the air. And then she's immediately not interested. And she tries to go for my work badge and she plays with it. But man, <laughs> that is the app. There is no better feeling in the world, physically, emotionally, mentally, than seeing my daughter at the end of the work day and coming home. Mm-hmm. And I read that and I was like, this says everything you need to say without saying anything. Brian K Vaughn wrote mm-hmm. the word daddy about 10 times. And okay. Yeah. He writes kink stuff. So not daddy in that context, Yeah, <laughs> but he writes daddy. I'm sure he wrote, you know, instructions in Fiona Staples illustrates emotion better than any artist I think I've ever seen. And it's mm-hmm. she's not hyper detailed. She's not like um, oh yeah, she's very minimalist. She's not like Jeff Darrow's who's drawing like little fucking pores on somebody's face, which is amazing. He's a great artist, but yeah. it's just like there's no there's not a lot of texture other than some coloring and shadows, mm-hmm. and just like the look in her eyes, the way that they their smiles are just like so just ever so you know exactly what their smiles mean exactly what the size of their pupils mean mm-hmm. it was it's just so um and there's so many different scenes just about parenting in that like oh, yeah. there, there's scenes with marco and alana just about being in a loving relationship that are also you don't have to be a parent like you know when i when i was rereading that i'm like man this is exactly what it was like when like me and my wife met or me and my wife did this mm-hmm. or you know when we were in the ocean and she squirted on my face no that that never <laughs> happened <laughs> but in the comics in the comics it did where does the squirt end and the ocean begin we'll never know <laughs> <laughs> now that was a uh, that was a, a digression that i wasn't expecting to take today but all right <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, it's just, it's so fucking emotional. Like you're not just reading it. You're experiencing it. Like mm-hmm. I flew through, I had maybe a third of the omnibus left Yeah, and I, I got through it in like 
you know, I read it during lunch. I read it last night and I finished it this morning during breakfast. I just, it's just a page turner and I'm taking it all in too. It's not like I'm scanning it or sometimes like I also just like fucking binge some Ninja Turtles. I was really behind and it was good. It was overall pretty good, but there's some stuff when I'm like, I don't need to read every single word on this. I could just look at it, get an idea of what they're saying. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But this, I'm reading every single word. I'm looking at every panel. I'm taking in the art mm-hmm. and like, dude, it, and, and he even like, I mean, you could jump in whenever you want. <laughs> Dave, but no. That that one fucking arc when they're they're on Fang and they have the little ferret family. Yeah. Because another thing that this comic does too is you just introduce all these new characters and yeah. all the time. And you're like, okay, whatever. They'll be in an issue. Even if they're in one issue, two issues, they make you feel an emotion. Um, even if they're a villain, you're like three pages in, I fucking hate this person Mm -hmm. two pages in. You're like, Oh, this dumb little ferret family, whatever. They'll be around for a couple issues. Then they stick around for like an arc longer. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh, I don't really care about them. Mm -hmm. But then you start like, Oh, I relate to the ferret mom Mm -hmm. because she is, she's grasping onto religion and faith saying God's going to do everything for her. And that's my mom. Oh yeah. My mom today on a phone call, she was just, we had a great conversation. We didn't, you know, argue about anything. We had like a a 30 minute conversation. Look at you. And then, and then she starts talking about like family past. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. who cares? Stop bringing this stuff up. You know, you always told grandma don't live in the past. Mm -hmm. And you know, she's complaining. Like, I don't talk to this family member anymore. They don't talk to me. She's like, your cousin hates me because this, and I was like, no, your cousin, my cousin doesn't hate you. He hates religion. He hates Christianity. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he hates you. And she's like, well, I am Christianity. I'm like, okay, Walter White, slow the fuck down oh, here. Jesus Christ. I was like, listen, I was like, ma, you don't want to hear this, but I too hate Christianity and I love you. That yeah. doesn't mean my cousin hates you. Mm-hmm. It means he does. And then she says stuff like, oh, well, well, I gave it to God that my family will come back to me. I'm like, okay, slow down. You fucking drama queen. But that's her life. You, you give it to God and he'll do this for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I saw in this. And you give it to God and he'll protect you from this apocalypse. And mm-hmm. then you die. And the way they showed it, they didn't show her dying. They showed her children mm-hmm. who didn't have a fucking part in this at all, who wanted to leave, who you just, they have a connection with Hazel. Like it's his best friend, her first boyfriend, her first kiss. Mm-hmm. And you see him slowly being buried while he's, he's a ferret. He's a fucking ferret. And Fiona staples with covered up to his nose in earth. You just see his little eyes and his mm-hmm. little talk bubble just fade away. And you're like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They know how to kick you in the nutsack <laughs> with this and then make you beg for more and and it's not like oh no the cute little animal died mm-hmm. the cute little uh, uh sweet boy got shot because like sweet boy's an asshole like yeah he's a dog and they want to pull your heartstrings but like mm-hmm. yeah sweet boy well, he was a fucking piece of shit he shot little missiles out of his nose <laughs> fuck you i don't want no fucking clifford ass looking saint bernard shooting missiles out of his nose at me <laughs> Nope, I sure don't. I sure don't either. But, but yeah. then they come back and like, yeah, people like, yeah, it's a dog. We don't want to see the dog die. Then they come back issues later and the fucking person who killed Sweet Boy made a carpet out of him. I'm like, oh my God, this is so fucked up. This, th- this entire series is so fucked up. And I thought for a while that like this was never going to come back. Because like, th- this series was on hiatus for like three fucking years. Three years. Three, three fucking years. years, right? And... I thought to myself, like, there's no way, there's no way that this will be that good. Like, this can't be well, that good after taking three years off. And let's talk about it. Then it, like, and then it was so good. It was so fucking good. Right. So it picks so, up. It picks up. Um. Oh God. I, well, let's let's talk about where it ended because I yeah. did just read everything today. Yeah. So where it ended? If I read this three years ago, I'd be like, God damn it. Oh yeah. Um, where it ended? There's a big show off finally between the Will Prince Robot and Marco, right? Yeah. So real quick, we're we're spoiling this by the way. Uh, spoiling volume ten. We sp- should have put this at the beginning of the episode, but mm-hmm. I didn't. Um, the Will rips off Prince Robot's head. And then Marco and the Will are fighting. That was such a great fight scene. They're oh, in that like God, jellyfish pyramid 
yeah, thing. It was amazing. And Marco could have killed him, but his instinct to not kill kicked in, which I thought was kind of dumb because it kind of showed that he's willing to kill to protect his family, but then yeah. he didn't kill the will. But he, um, yeah, he doesn't kill the will because he wants to make sure that he is the the best parent that he can be for his kid. Yeah, I I get it, but you he did so much time establishing that in the worst case scenario, he will break those mm-hmm. morals to protect his family. Yeah. Like, dude, I just joked about having a break in, mm-hmm. um, which was actually true. And I don't have a gun. Cause I don't really, it's a, it's an argument for another day. Yeah. I did think about getting one though, mm-hmm. when that happened. And I was like, maybe the second amendment's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did have was a rusty old machete that can still fuck somebody up. There you and go. my wife was like, what are you going to do with that? And I was like, if somebody comes into our house, I'm putting it into their fucking jugular vein. They are going to die because I will do anything I can to protect you, but also my baby. I will literally fucking kill a person with my bare hands if I have to. Um, so yeah, I 100% feel that. Um, mm-hmm. So the, so the last issue we read before this, it starts out with the splash page of Marco's face and his eyes are open. And the last page is Marco's face. Uh, and he's laying there with a hole in his chest. And yeah. I was like, Oh, you can't be doing this. But then, cause I did not know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. As soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, he's either dead or I know what the next issue looks like. It's the cover with Alana and Hazel yeah. and a koala looking motherfucker. Yeah. And they just, they just spent three or four issues building up that they mm-hmm. were sending the ingredients to change their bodies. So I was like, oh, did is this Marco and he changed his body when his body was failing? Mm-hmm. And that answer is never, that question is never answered. But Dante, here, here's, here's my theory, okay? Because mm-hmm. we're not going to chronological order. We're jumping all around. I like to jump around. I like to just talk about what's going on. Absolutely. So in this next six issues, issue 55 to 60, volume mm-hmm. 10, um, we see the will show up mm-hmm. and he has Marco's skull in a cage you know, uh, it's a skull yeah. with the horns. I was, I was, and I was, I was like, not happy with that. No, I'm like, how fucked up is it that this main character that we love? They're just like, here's your skull. It's been three years since he died. So he has his skull and, um, you know, he's dead. And then he takes it to like this weird alien who, who knows magic, and he kind of says, he, he destroys it, and he's like, there, there's a whole exchanging of the skull to get here. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. This is this is my theory. Yep. So the skull gets destroyed, and the guy is like, um, all I can tell you is that his next of kin is on this planet, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so you're like, or his closest kin, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, but, but Hazel's on this pirate ship, so it's not Hazel. And then they go to the jail, mm-hmm. and it's it's the mom. I forgot her name. Bar, no, Bar was the dad. Um whatever her name was oh god i forget i forget what her name was uh too i'm i'm peeling through my single issues right now just to make yes i have them right next to me Mm -hmm. so so then they so they're on the planet she's imprisoned on this planet and they say marco's marco's dead and she's playing dumb she doesn't know this here's my theory dante Mm -hmm. my theory is that the skull is bars because bars dead so his Mm -hmm. closest relative is his wife yeah so it signaled to her and with, with the new guy, um, what's his name? I forgot. It's something Baja boom. Oh, I just oh, fucking Bombazine. Bombazine. Bomb- Bomba. Yeah. I think Bomba, I didn't think it for a while, but I think it now he might be Marco. Cause there's the secret that the, the skipper knows that he didn't say, and he was acting kind of weird to Alana. He's he's not acting in character for Marco, so I might be wrong, but I I don't think Marco's dead. Like I I think that Marco is absolutely fucking lutely dead. Um, I mean, like I, I that's a very interesting interesting theory that you've got with Barr, but like I don't think like I don't think it's him. Um, just because like he and Marco have very different horns. Uh, like Marco has like the big, See, horn I don't, sheep. I don't remember. So that's why I'm saying that. Oh, okay. So gotcha. I mean, maybe, yeah. but yeah. we don't know how this magic works. If he got a new body, mm-hmm. maybe it's just a transference of consciousness and his physical body is gone. We don't know that it's transmutation. Yeah. Who knows? So the body could very well be, be 
dead. I don't know. But the cool thing about Saga is, like you said, they do take breaks off every now and then. Mm-hmm. But when they come back, they release one issue every 30 days on time. So the yep. next arc starts in January. Mm-hmm. For all we know, Marco can show up in like, well, when you're reading the compendium, it's like two days later, somebody shows up like, mm-hmm. like, oh, the will is back. But in print time, that could have been two years since we last saw the will. I don't know. So in two fucking years from now, Marco could show up and we'll be like, oh, wow. Holy shit. No, yeah, <laughs> we could be. I'd be like, who the fuck knows? And it's just, oh, God, it's just it's weird. It's weird seeing somebody who's not Marco in these pages trying to fill the void left by such a pivotal character in this story. Yes. And um, that's kind of what, like, Brian K. Vaughn has the balls to do that. Mm-hmm. He has the balls to, you know, chop off the Will's fingers, to kill main characters, or characters that have been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. When you see the stock, dude, the stock was only in, like, six issues, and she fucking died. I mean, she showed up as, like, um, um, part of the Will's psyche later on. Mm-hmm. But, like, they, they kill the brand. Like, they oh, just yeah. kill all these... Ma- they fucking... They, 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 kill, and they Prince, almost killed Prince Lion Robot Cat. to me. Yeah. Prince Robot, to me, has always been a villain. Even when he was, like, a good guy, mm-hmm. I just... He's always going to be, he's always a villain to me. He will never, ever be anything other than bad, mm-hmm. um, which was proven. He was ready to sell everybody out. And then he plays it like he wasn't. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Because he's fucking royalty. Like he's a one percenter. All, all he cares about is getting his kid back. And, yep. if, and he never got his kid back, unfortunately. And, uh, and no. now he, and now his kid is under the care of the people that he swore to bring in uh, and basically end their lives. And like, I'm sure that, He's rolling over in his grave right now, knowing that uh, that his child is uh, is just under the care of the the oh, least dude, I people it was... that he would want to have the have them uh, have him with, have him raised with. I thought it was so cool that um, when they brought Prince Robot's head to King Robot, it was all rusted because it took him three years to find it. Oh, just like yep. some fisherman found his head. Mm-hmm. But also, dude, think of it this way, right? When the Will found Gwen again, mm-hmm. and they hooked up because she was so excited that he. Uh, that Marco was dead. Oh yeah. Then they had like they made this plan off off panel off screen, yep. and that's when the will goes to the robot kingdom. Mm-hmm. So who knows what that plan was? She yep. could very well be in cahoots with Marco. Like she it's could. been three years. Marco could be alive. They could be doing this to throw him off track to show that Marco's dead. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there's could, there's so much well, that could be happening. She could very well be a figment of his imagination, right? Because he, uh, the will's maybe, been known yeah. to hallucinate before. He hallucinates with the stock. We haven't seen Gwen in God knows how long. Um, oh, oh yeah, and Sophie wasn't there, so he was only hallucinating one person. Yeah, exactly. And... And Lion Cat didn't say lying. Well, that that was different. When when the Will was telling that bullshit story to King Robot, Lion Cat didn't say lying, which I thought was weird because I thought weird, that yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. So it, I'm just it's, like, it's I very think, interesting. I think the Will is uh, is just completely off his fucking meds again, and uh, like, and I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Dude, um, that's a character that they have made you hate and love the entire time. Oh yeah, because like. Everything he does is shitty, but you always feel bad for him. And then he just double shits himself. Oh, yeah. Like he's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so weird to have a character that is 50-50 on how bad they are, but also how much sympathy sympathy you have for them. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, like, and that that's a sign of a well-written character. Uh, for, it's like, it's, oh my it's God, a very, yeah. It's very clear that Brian K. Vaughn had a plan for him. He... He knows exactly where the will started. He knows exactly where the will's journey is going to take him, and he knows exactly how this how this story for him is going to end. And I absolutely love that about him. Uh, that, that we've been able to get this this wonderful dichotomy of like I love him, I hate him, and he's an asshole. But like I can't help but feel bad for him because there's a plan for him. He is well written and he's well developed. He like they absolutely know exactly what's going on with him, and it's. Oh god, it's just it's brilliant. I could I could masturbate on these pages. Like this is so <laughs> goddamn good. Um I want to I want to shift just to this this one panel I was looking for it. I forgot what issue what issue it was in. Um but it was when Bombazine was on the um was on the the space station or whatever after yep. uh, Alana had the pirate uh, ship. Yeah, the pirate ship after Alana had gone off to do the um the fucking secret mission or whatever. And that's when he finds out that the pirate captain, the pirate captain knows uh, that's um, 
that Bombazine was La Buquisto, which I imagine is some sort of like wetworks assassin person. And the and not only was the exchange very well written, but the caption that Hazel had, it just it hit me like a fucking ton of bricks. Um she says, uh, over the years, lots of different men attempted to fill the void left by my father. Some good, some less so, but the fucking worst was yet to come. And, I just, like, and it just, oh god, like, I don't know why, well, and I do know why, it like it broke me. I, I had to sit there and just, like, put the issue to side, like, oh god, what's going on here? Uh, I was in a relationship previously, and I was about that close to being a stepdad, and I remember and just reading that panel, I was like, oh god, this is terrible! <laughs> like, like, is this like, like, is this what that kid thinks of me? And, and oh god, it just, it Brian K. Vaughn knows how to write an emotional beat, and I don't, yeah, I, I don't understand how he does it. Like, just issue after issue, he can just continue to make me feel like I am just a, a whiny little baby. Because Dude, I do so nothing I, but cry. <laughs> I just looked it up, and apparently blue, which is what they call like the magical language, yeah. is actually just Esperanto. Which is a language that uh, I mean, I'll just read it. Was created by this doctor. Oh, really? Um, it's an auxiliary language, so it's it's a real fake language, but it can be translated. Oh, okay. Um, and that means the Ripper. The Ripper, like oh, Jack, man. like Jack the Ripper. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. So, so he was some so sort of serial killer. That's good to know. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm gonna have yeah. to. Yeah. I'm gonna go back with my compendium now and just translate fucking everything now. See, it's it's not that I don't care about Alana and Hazel's story because I realize that this arc is a setup arc, which while you're reading everything together is fine because I understand how storytelling works. Um, you know, her being a drug dealer, okay, I could see that. I did like the exchange between her and the the end nurse, which I think is a fucking incredible title for what that lady does. Mm-hmm. Um perform, you know, end of life services. Yeah. Um, and like at first, you know, you're warned of the monsters on that planet and you see this big werewolf coming, but she's like one of the sweetest characters in the mm-hmm. entire book. Um, and then, you know, she, she hit, she hooks, um, Alana up with Bamba to, mm-hmm. to do their smuggling. Um, I mean the whole story on the pirate ship, it was whatever. It seemed kind of corny, like, you know, Hazel learning guitar and it was, it was a little cringy, but I don't know. You get to see Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples interests in arts and creating art, which like you said, he pulls this from his life. You know, he was talking about like the stories he writes. Will people care when he's gone? Things like that. Will they last? Um, so whatever. I'm kind of glad they're off that ship while it looked cool. I didn't really care. They oh, yeah. swapped Bomba for two of the other characters, which, Whatever, we'll see. As of right now, I'm more interested in um, the will side of things, oh, which yeah. I, which has always kind of just been like, mm-hmm. you know, um, of parallel interest to me. But I'm I'm really intrigued with what's going on there yeah. with the robot kingdom because we have King Robot back for the first time since like the first or second arc, maybe. Oh yeah. So it's been a long time since we've actually seen King Robot on state or on the, on the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's been a very, very long time since we've seen the robot kingdom. In it, Cause it, it, it was basically just, it was basically just Prince robot. The fourth, just kind of doing his own thing. And uh, like on his, on his mission to just, uh, you know, to, to find Alana and Marco. And, you know, there was a, uh, like, you haven't really, like the, the robot kingdom hasn't really played a, uh, a role in the story. Um, it was because he was just kind of acting as the as the emissary, right? And right. and it's exciting now because it feels like there's going to be a third faction in the war. Like it's going to be yeah. And it seems like like now we're going to see the political side, mm-hmm. whereas before you're you're in the foxhole, you're on the run, you're in the action. Yeah. Um, whereas you haven't seen the politics of it, which mm-hmm. you know made up politics is interesting to me because it's like real politics, but no actual stakes. Oh yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> yeah, when these where you don't actually get angry when you log off Twitter and you're like, "Why are we here?" Yeah, when these when these characters die, it's just like, "Oh, okay, I'm sad now because this was a this was a weird story." Yeah, and and I mean, with anything shocking like 
Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples are just a master at their art. They know the the art of the turn page, the splash page, like mm-hmm. or the page turn, I mean. Like, okay. they're not going to put something, like, where your eye will wander and see something by accident. Like, all the big moments, like... Yeah, everything's on the left page. It's just so, so artful, so, so great. Dude, that, the fucking scene, was it the one where the little ferret guy died? And then it was just, like, six pages of black? Uh, just, I think like, so. pure pure black mm-hmm. and they're just talking about like the nothingness and void of death and you're like god damn it mm-hmm. like oh, you yeah. just you turn the page and you're like oh it's black and you keep turning it and mm-hmm. it just makes you feel like it will go on forever because it does because that's what it was like before you were born oh, it was yeah. forever of nothingness mm-hmm. yeah and that is uh and that's kind of how you feel when a loved one passes away like you know like this this grief is just going to be there forever because you know like you and I have both lost people. Like we've we've both been there. We've both been in those places. Still and, am Dante. Still am. Yeah, I get oh, it. It only gets worse with time. Nothing ever gets better. Hey, that's that's extremely nihilistic, and I don't agree with that. But we can agree to disagree. I do. Well, you know, it's really weird. having a parent die and a baby born in the same year mm-hmm. is the most fucked up thing that's ever happened in my brain. That uh, that sounds like you need to go to therapy, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I probably should. Yeah, um, but I don't because I I revel in agony. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I need my mental anguish to match my physical anguish. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Like, what are you, Batman or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the world's shittiest Batman. <laughs> the, I'm not fighting crime. The only crime I'll fight is maybe if I report like uh, hateful words on Twitter or something. Jeez. Um, <laughs> but also what I'm really looking forward to in the next arc is um, that demon dude. Uh, I don't know his name. He He's the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he's tied up to the sex dungeon. And I mean, even that dude looks fucking good, right? He's like a demon. Oh, and yeah. his little wiener's hanging there and he's all like in good shape and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, he's got a decent size uh, schwanz. I was, it's I not was like about to say, like, yeah, because you saw it from like 10 feet across the room and you can see how huge it is. And like, God, oh, God damn. Yeah. Like somebody's hung like a fucking he horse. Did, he looked flaccid too. Mm-hmm. So he is definitely a shower. Oh, absolutely. But, um, um, yeah, so he comes in there and he's all tied up, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like this person he works with, you know, they're like, um, we need to, we, we can't let the story of Hazel get out, obviously, because mm-hmm. that's the whole point of this, this story. You yeah. Know, we're not reviewing everything. Go read it. Mm-hmm. Go read Saga. Um, and then she's like, you not only have to take care of them, you have to take care of everybody who knows about them. Mm-hmm. And he shows a picture of the reporter that's not dead. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, Petricor, who yep. is like a fucking nobody character that showed up, and all of a sudden you're like, "Yo, Petricor is awesome." Mm-hmm. Um, and Goose, who is great, mm-hmm. I love him. He's a he fucking he's just like this little cute seal boy, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I'm about to cut off the Will's fingers, and then also be a babysitter who wears Hawaiian shirts." Dude, Gu- <laughs> Gus is just like my favorite fucking character on the face of the planet. I yeah, absolutely. I've always love said him. Gus, but then I saw the umlaut, and I was like, I think his name is Goose. I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe I don't know. Like, I I'm not I'm not Brian K. Vaughan. I don't know how this uh, character's name is supposed to be pronounced. But once I hear him say it, that's how I'll say it for the rest of time. But until then, it's just Gus. Yeah, I saw them for at me. a panel at New York Comic Con. Like, I don't know, ten years ago or maybe eight, nine years ago. Uh, it was pretty good. But I I don't think he ever said the word Gus or Goose, or else I would have remembered it. Because um, Gus or Goose didn't exist uh, ten yeah, or eight years ago. Yeah, he, he came maybe like the third arc when they were on Heist. Yeah. Um, or when they went to go see Dr. Heist. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, this is it's, this is so fucking good. It's still good. I'm so Ten glad, years later, I'm it's so still glad good. I'm caught up. Yeah, and like, I mean, they start off this arc and she's like, I'm 10 years old now. Yeah. And like, yo, they literally aged her fucking three years. There were three years off and they aged her three years. Yeah. Uh, it's just so so well plotted so well planned mm-hmm. it's just a great just even in its single issue form yeah uh, it's beautiful they put the upc on the back it's mm-hmm. they you know it's only 2.99 it's like the cheapest fucking comic you can buy oh, even yeah. the double issues uh it's just such a great piece of arc in storytelling dude to me like breaking bad is the best television show i think mm-hmm. um it's my favorite. I think it's the best story that television's ever told. And Saga is this this um, form of storytelling's Breaking Bad. It's it's the greatest story ever told. Even 
there's no bad issues. The worst an issue will get will be slow, but because it's the puzzle piece that needs to be where it is. When you make a fucking thousand piece puzzle, you're going to get a lot of pieces that are just a solid color. Mm-hmm. And that piece by itself might be boring, mm-hmm. but you you need that piece in order to see the beauty of the big picture. Oh, that's that is an exceptional metaphor. I yeah, like when we talked about this back on our old podcast, we regularly used to say that the worst issue of Saga was better than ninety nine percent of anything else that came it out is. that week. Because um, we, we talked about comics on a weekly basis. So every mm-hmm. issue that came out, we talked about every issue specifically. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in what level of detail varied, I guess. Yeah. But it was always the highlight of the releases that week. And this yeah. is the only comic, other than Ninja Turtle stuff, because it's mm-hmm. established that I fuck with them hard. The only comics that I have my store pull are Ninja Turtles and Saga. Like, because I stopped reading comics mostly because of money. Mm-hmm. Um, several years ago but i i always said like when saga came when this came back i was like i made sure with them i was like make sure i'm still on that saga list he's like you're still on it mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely and, the uh there's only t- there's only two um two ongoing series that i have as well it's saga and daredevil that's it that's the the, the only two comics that i uh that i buy on the regular. yeah we got to talk about daredevil it's on our list you got to oh. talk me into some Daredevil Volume Three, yep, and Daredevil. Four, I believe. Oh it yeah, is. I uh, I had a Daredevil fun fact today. I was like, nah, we're gonna save that for the Daredevil up, uh, yeah, episode. Might as well, might as well save it, Dante. I don't know, man. Saga's fucking great. Mm-hmm. We just heaped praises on it. This episode is for people who already like Saga, because um, I don't think you're gonna get much out of it if you don't. But if you listen to this whole thing, hopefully, um, we talked mm-hmm. you into Saga. Or if you want to get in Saga, like jump into it. Mm-hmm. Go check out the Talk Me Into episode. It's still online. Um, maybe I'll post it on this feed too. I see think if should... uh, Dante and Jimmy are cool with that. Uh, um, they should be. I but... I would I would hope so. I'm definitely cool about it. Yeah. <laughs> of course you're cool with it, Dante. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't on the episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. No. It was it was a good it was a good chat that we yeah. had. Um. We the three of us we wanted to talk about Saga, so we had Jimmy's friend Cooper come on mm-hmm. just so we could. It was an excuse for us to fucking reread Saga, oh, yeah. which was great because I'm um, I'm so glad we did because this rereading it was great and this is something that in a couple of years I'm gonna fucking blast through and reread again. Oh, absolutely. It's I've... just one of those mm-hmm. one of those things that I will consume until i die yeah it's so good yeah absolutely i've got my i've got my omnibus edition and it is like it is gorgeous it's um like it's hefty um but yeah like i yeah i have the i I have the paperback omnibus yeah i will i will tear i will talk anybody's ear off uh about saga if they if they ask me like give me one comic book series to get me into comic books like this is absolutely the one that i uh that i still tell people about like i've been reading this for the last 10 years it's amazing and uh like and i've i've yet to find one person who has ever told me nope this is a bullshit comic book and i hate it uh everyone uh, my wife like, but because when we first started dating mm-hmm. uh we were talking about this we were t- t- sharing our interests and i said i'm reading saga she's like what's that i explained it to her she's like it sounds good so i bought her the first trade and she never read it but that's just because she doesn't like the format of comic books she okay. she'll read like she'll read a fucking book in a day. She's the fastest reader I've ever met. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't doesn't like the the visual format, sequential art, which is fine. And I'm like, that kind of sucks because it's it's so good. It's, and you it's like, amazing. you know, oh, you yeah. love reading. Um, yeah. But the, the one thing, only thing I didn't like about this new arc, Dante, mm-hmm. is that one of those guards said that Alana's tits were old and saggy. And they showed him the page before, and those things look beautiful and supple, and they, they were lovely. Absolutely did not uh, look old and saggy. But <laughs> the thing I fucking love too is, like, in the background of a couple scenes, you see very faintly stretch marks on Alana's stomach from her recent pregnancy. Really? I'm like, goddamn! How do they make? How does she fucking add this level of subtlety in here and just make it look so authentic and great? Oh, it's so good. Because Fiona Staples, as we established, is a master of her craft. That is why when uh, Wizards released a secret lair full of Fiona Staples art, I bought fucking four of them because I was just like, "It's Fiona Staples. If they're going to be perfect cards, and they- ah, I should have, I should have done that. I haven't bought any secret lairs, and I hate myself that I didn't buy that one. Oh, like as soon as I said it, I was like, I don't care what fucking cards are in there. I'm buying it. I don't care. What cards are in there? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, one of them was a Soul Scar Mage. Um, oh, the Dry 
Dryad of Elysian Groves. It is the most. It is the horniest Dryad oh, of Elysian I Groves. Oh, I love that card too. It, it's so good. Yeah, that like that was the money card in there. Um, oh yeah, I think that's why I didn't do it. I was like, I just don't feel like spending money on cards. I don't really. I'll never play. No, yeah. I mean, I I bought it just because I love Fiona Staples art. Um, oh, a fucking Sakura Tribe Elder. I actually oh, played. Yeah. I run that in my Galta deck. Yep. I uh, yeah. I bought it in. Um, I bought it in non-foil and foil because I I, I foiled out one of my commander decks. Um, and I wanted specifically the Fiona Staples one. Oh man, dude, Bearscape is only five dollars for the single. Oh man, that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that Soul Scar Mage is amazing. Uh, oh god, and I play Spirits as well uh, in Modern, which is a terrible deck now. It's like tier three, but uh, that Fiona Staple Spell Queller is just incredible. yeah. But f- but for a while, that Spirits deck was not shit. No, yeah, for yeah for uh, for a very long time, the Spirits was like tier one and a half. It was. Uh, I, oh, I, dude, it's it's I could get it for twenty seven bucks non foiled. Which one? The, uh, Fiona the, Staples. Oh, the Fiona Staples. The Seek Ruler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, fucking do it. It's amazing. <sighs> I might do it. I got $40 left on a gift card. I might do it. I think you should. But anyways, this is this is now no longer about Saga. It's now about how great <laughs> yeah. Fiona well, Staples Well, let's is. end it as... Oh, actually... Yeah, non-foils, 42 bucks. I might fucking do it. Um, yeah, my phone's about to die, too, because we've been recording for three hours. So let's mm-hmm. end this episode... Uh, thanks for listening. I hope that uh, you liked us talking about Saga. If you like Saga, what did you think about Volume 10? Do you think that my theory about Marco being alive is true? Um, just a theory. I could just be reading too much into it. But with all the the twists and turns that this fucking book takes. who kn- Dude, and then when she was like, she saw Mark. I'm sorry to go off on this again. But when Hazel saw Marco at the end, I was like, Marco is back. I was right. Mm-hmm. But she was just like you know, finally processing that mm-hmm. he was gone. Yeah. Um, a child's way of dealing with grief. You know, and, um, you know, you know? And, yeah. And not to mention that like her fucking spaceship blows up at the end. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. She was God. processing a lot of trauma. I, um, I yeah, very so... nearly died. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for listening to this. Listen to some of our other episodes. Listen to the saga episode of talk me into check me out on YouTube. So discussions like, and subscribe every week. Uh, my friend Dan and I drink some sodas and we talk about them and we talk about other things too. It's not just sco- soda. There's soda. There's discussions. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes discussions about soda mm-hmm. mostly, but there's discussions about other things too. Um, we got some good ones coming out. I think um, we shoot soda into each other's mouths with squirt guns in an episode that Jesus Jimmy hasn't Christ. edited yet. Um, Captain Fun shows up. Spoiler alert. Oh my God. I can't wait to see Captain Fun yeah. again. <laughs> That's actually the same episode. That's going to be very funny. I cannot wait till Jimmy edits it. I think it's coming out next week as a recording. Awesome. So yeah, check out our Fago episodes. Um, yeah, that's it. Check out social media. Uh, everything is in the show notes. I'm on TikTok. There's a So Discussions TikTok. Dante, mm-hmm. what you doing online other than go Jeff yourself? I am at Dante Informal. Uh, see, it's like a slant rhyme because you know that that book that was written by the 13th century Italian poet. Um, I am. I didn't get it until you said that on the first time we recorded Go Jeff Yourself. Oh really? I was like, oh, that's what that's because for a while you were like uh, Indigo Lantern. Indigo Lantern. And then you changed it to Dante Informal, and I was like, I don't know, it's probably some fucking skating bullshit I don't know about. Nope. (laughs) Nope, it is. Now I understand, and I'm like, stupid, because I like puns. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, don't follow me if you don't like social justice, and don't follow me if you don't think Black Lives Matter, and don't follow me if uh, you don't want to listen to me uh, talk about magic and comic books sometimes. It's a a great sell. (laughs) I know. Great sell. I love, I fuck with all of that. Everything you just said, I agree with. Um, yeah, that is go Jeff yourself. Let's end on a positive note and don't go Jeff yourself. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs>